all the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 248. Ow! Yeah! Yeah, creeping up on that 250 hard style. That, that sweet, sweet 250. You're not going to see us coming 250, but we're coming for you. Yeah. We're coming at you. Right, it's just out of nowhere. Uh, if you're... If you're just joining us, I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Editorial Director of Marvel Digital Media, Ben Morse. Over in the corner, we've got Josh, quarantined and away from a microphone, where he can do as little damage as possible. Yeah, because he's also not just, like, the breathing that we've heard so much about. Mm -hmm. He's also sick because he got the con crud. Oh, I didn't know you got the con crud. I didn't know that it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Josh was out in San Diego with you guys. Yep. I was at home watching you get sick. Josh was a junior Blake Garris. Oh, uh, wow. What both, a dream. Both in basically shadowing Blake and, and everything temperament? That he had to do. Getting to that temperament and also <laughs> uh, trying to get photos with every single person there we go. he could. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he asked me to take a picture with Stanley and I told him no because he had other things that actually had to be done. So, so you guys did bond out there. Yeah. Definitely, uh, we reached a, a new a new level, a new understanding, yeah, a new low. Yes. Uh, so, if you're just joining us, as I mentioned, this is the official Marvel podcast where we get into everything. We get it all. Yeah, get it all done. We're gonna talk about all the new comics out this week, which I believe there are about ninety four, something like that. Uh, we published the entire line this week. Yeah, it feels like nice. it. Uh, a lot of good. How stuff. How can there be more comics that didn't come out this week? <laughs> That's my question for you, Ryan Panagos. I don't know what. What else is there? I don't I don't know. What else is there? I don't know. What do you not see on this list? <laughs> uh, so we'll get into all those, plus all the digital stuff, the collections. Uh, we'll get into all the news. We'll talk about stuff that broke out of Comic-Con in case you missed it. We'll go to the West Coast Rami and the Wolfman for a little bit of their perspective on everything, as well as get to your questions and comments. How do you get those questions and comments to us? Use the hashtag this week in Marvel on Twitter, or you email twimpodcast at marvel.com. We got a couple of emails got to a get few to you uh, at the end of the show. Um, yeah, oh, and one thing, and we'll get to it in the comments as well the comments, questions, and emails. Uh, but we heard, we're starting to hear from more of you about books that you're picking up. Because you heard about it on the show. Nice. I would love to hear about more of that stuff. Because yeah. that is really, both, it, it's fascinating to me what you guys um, actually get turned on to because of us. And we know we, we've been hearing it all the time. But uh, it's really great. And it's also helpful for us to, to go to other people in the company and be like, hey, guys, we, we're turning people on to your yeah, books. We give did us, this. Give us lunch. Yeah. Pay, pay for my pay for our my manicure. Oh, yeah. Manicure. Right? Look at these nails. I, They're great. I, did you really get a manicure? No. I've, I've been getting pedicures lately. Nice. I do that. Yeah. That's the thing. My wife goes in for them. She said, do you want to come in? I said, sure. Why not? I sit. 
I turn on my WWE network. I think I'm the only the only gal there watching that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll just watch a, watch a Halloween Havoc while I get my nails done. Hell yeah, my uncle it's gets the life. my uncle gets his pedicures. Oh, I just don't life. want. I don't know that. I think I would be too ticklish. Someone touch oh, my so feet. Oh, so ticklish. I would, I would be screaming like a little baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laugh yeah. like crazy. Yeah. It's good times. Great times. Good times. Like we're gonna have with this week's comics. Yeah. First up is all new, all different Avengers number twelve. This is nothing like the old Avengers 12. No. What is the old Avengers 12? Do you know what it'll tell you? Oh, God. Off the top of my head, I don't know. It's it's 16 is the one where the old order Cookie changes, Quartet. right? Yeah. So it's not there yet. It's coming up on the last days of the original Avengers. Right. So, well, well, we'll look it up. It's nothing like this one. Great. I'll tell you that much. This, this written, one's all new and all different. It was written by Mark Wade, art by Mahmoud Asrar, colors by Dave McKaig, and it's the uh, conclusion to the story where our all new, all different Avengers team has to face Annihilus, mm. who is just the worst. The Annihilator. He is a turd bucket from beyond, from the negative zone to be specific. They've got the um, the Nega Bands, yep. which uh, allow the wearers to clang them together. Clang, clang, change places. Change places from uh, whatever universe one person is to wh- whoever is in the negative zone. Yep. Um, and so we get to see, which I, it's really cool. We've never actually seen the handoff of the bracelets, right? Like in this right. way where they're basically like tagging each other. It is. It's out. like a tag team match. It's terrific. Those Think of those as like the tag ropes that no one ever uses. Yes. But we use them. Yeah. Uh, it's really great. And how they have to take down Annihilus is wonderful. We also have a story with Wasp and Wasp as the, wasps. the dual wasps have just have a day yeah. out. Uh, they go to the White House. Have some fun, wasp to wasp. They go grab some food, some donuts, uh, some hangout and ice cream and all kinds of good stuff. I feel like there's a great Lifetime original series here just called Wasps, which would also work. I would love that. Yeah, that would be so great. It's just them going around, you know, yeah. lounging. La- just just being. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, it was all for the quest. All the stuff with Annihilus was a quest to help find Sam Alexander, a.k.a. Nova's dad, Will they find him? Stay tuned. Stay tuned also to Amazing Spider-Man, number 1.6, written by Jose Molina, art by Simone Bianchi and Andrea Procardo, colors by David Curiel and Matt Yaki. This is the conclusion to Spidey's adventure with the Santorians, dealing with Julio Manuel Rodriguez, who has mysteriously risen from the grave. We finally get all the story behind how Julio came back, his true purpose, some incredible art by Simone Bianchi, just drawing Spider-Man getting tossed around by uh, various villains. Um, We get some musings on life, on death, on the big issues. This is a very heavy book, but it's some cool stuff. We get to see how the Santorians deal with a problem, and uh, then spider-man deals with the santorians this was a cool little six issue exploration into these characters and into these issues for sure uh big issue of black panther number four out this week uh written by Tanahasi coates art by brian stelfreeze colors by laura martin with matt miller uh and there's a lot going on t'challa is not pleased because uh two of his dora milaje they bounced they're out. they're out. They were not happy. Uh, some bad stuff was going on. So Io and Anika are now Midnight Angels. They're going around Wakanda uh, trying to help people who are 
not getting the attention that they believe they deserve. Now they're teaming up with uh, a bad dude named Tetu, who is a rebel leader. I like all these new villains that Ta-Nehisi's oh, bringing yeah. in because if there's one thing about the Black Panther, it's like I've seen him fight Claw, I've seen him fight Killmonger, I've seen him fight Manape. And outside of that, you don't really get a lot of classic Black Panther villains. But um, And even not just villains, antagonists as well because yeah. the Midnight Angels – you could see their point, but they're definitely a, they're arraigned opposite of T'Challa, so they are an obstacle for him. So, kudos to Coates. Yes, uh, this also name has, of my new album. Yeah, uh, has Black Panther um, getting a lot of consultation from a lot of people, trying to like get the information to figure out what the hell he has to do. Uh, his mom, well, his stepmom. Stepmom, I think. Yeah, uh, but he calls her. He calls her mother. Yeah, you know, they they go back there for they're all tight. intents and purposes. Yeah. That's his mom. Ramonda uh, does <coughs> has a really cool conversation with Changamire. I can't really pronounce that guy's I, name. I think it's just Changamire. Changamire. Yeah, I think uh, you said it right. But it's said just, like it's spelled. I it's just as I love this guy because he's like, he's this dude who had some problems with Tachaka and and was like pushed to the side mm-hmm. but is now sort of teaching and weathered and he doesn't he's he's not a good guy he's not a bad guy he's just he's just the guy. guy yeah uh so it's 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 really cool watching all these different characters sort of deal with the craziness going on and you know revolution is at the gates yep we'll see what that's what that means there's also uh an introduction of another antagonist slash villain mm-hmm. that panther will probably have to deal with plus a map an amazing map you, of wakanda if you guys like maps you're gonna love this map i love this it's a map by tanahasi and manny Maderos. Yep. that uh one of the cool things is explaining that the cities which are like these fortresses essentially around wakanda are um, all named after old uh, Black Panther. Yeah, so there's a T'Chaka. Yeah, there's a T'Chaka and then tons more. And I like, I want to learn about all these yeah. old Black Panthers. We just need, yeah, we need Ta-Nehisi to just come up with an atlas. Just take take a couple months off. No, you know, keep a couple months on. And while you're doing Black Panther, also do an atlas. It's almost, we really want to learn about the world of Wakanda. Wow, it feels like there's an opportunity to learn yeah. about the world, world of, of Wakanda. Wakanda. Segue. Uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number three. I just say segue now. Yeah, I don't provide an actual segue. Captain America, Steve Rogers, number three. Big issue. Written by Nick Spencer. Art by Jesus Saez. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. We see back in the past the formative years of uh, Steve Rogers and his mom, how she became Hydra, how he became Hydra in the presence. He is taking his shirt off, uh, painting himself up with a big old Hydra Hydra logo and reporting into the Red Skull, seeing what he's done. It's really disturbing to see. It's really like horrifying to see Captain America, who we just rely on just being the best guy doing all this. We see him uh, talking about what he did with Dr. Selvig, talking about what he did with Jack Flagg, the rest of his team uh, who don't know what's going on, of Sharon Carter, of Free Spirit. They are trying to get Jack Flagg out of the middle of Begalia, the island of supervillains, where he is now in critical shape. Taskmaster shows up. A bunch of other villains show up. Captain America comes in and uh, beats the crap out of Taskmaster in a moment that... If it wasn't, if we didn't know what we know, it'd be kind of like, oh, that's a cool badass moment for Cap. But knowing what you know, you're like, that's terrifying. Yeah, he could snap at any second. He is not a well man. Um, so they do, they they uh, they don't. What happens to Jack Flag is he lives. 
For now. For now. He's still alive for now. Red Skull says, you got to take care of this. You got to mop up this uh, unfinished piece of business. We flash back to the beginning again. And we find out that Cap is keeping some secrets from Red Skull. Yeah. So is he fully in or is he out? Or has he got his own thing? Who knows? Yeah. We're going to have to on? keep reading. What's going on with Captain America? Yeah. Well, I also want to know what's going on with Captain Marvel in issue number seven, written by Ruth Fletcher Gage and Christos that Gage. That is a segue. Yeah. Art by Marco Faila with colors by Matt Wilson. Uh, this is a terrific issue. Uh, that really focuses and drills down on Carol's point of view for all of Civil War II. You get her uh, having to deal with uh, douchebag supreme uh, (laughs) Henry Peter Peter Gyrick. He is the worst. He's always been the worst. Now he's still the worst. If you watched X-Men the Animated Series, you know that that this guy is the pits. He was on it. He worked with Senator Kelly. He built Sentinels. He was there in Genosha where Cable showed up when he was the wild man of Borneo, which I know you remember. No. No, you don't remember when Cable shows up and Gambit goes, who are you? And he goes, the wild man of Borneo. See around. And then walks off. I don't remember that at all. That is Cable's introduction to the show. Wow. It's been a while since I watched. Wow. Someone's got to rewatch all of X-Men 92. Oh, I got things to do. (laughs) Uh, So we also have, uh, yeah, Henry Peter Gyrick is the worst. But there's this big tribunal that is basically questioning Carol's decision uh, of how she's handled Ulysses so far. Everybody mm-hmm. knows about Ulysses now, so why has she not been revealing all this information? There's a great moment where Black Panther's like, hey, I also knew about him. Yep. I also didn't tell you guys. And Gyrick but is we're like... Cool, but we're cool, right? Uh, but Gyrick <laughs> says, yes, well, you're a head of state, so you can do what you damn well please. The rest of us have no recourse. It's so bitchy. Yeah. I love yeah. it. He is the worst. Um... So we get all this stuff as Carol is stating her case and being like, look, I did what I did. I lost uh, someone I was close to. We lost a soldier, but we saved hundreds of lives. I would do it all over again. She really like. And also makes the point. So would he. She says this is the decision Rhodey would make. Yeah, Rhodey would have done the same thing in that instance. Knowing it would cost his life, he would still charge in and take the take the shot. Yeah, and she's even she's like, if you kick me out, that's fine. That's the way it's gonna go. Someone else is gonna have to be in here. Someone Mm -hmm. else is gonna have to deal with this uh, the same way that I am. It's really good. We also get the Doctor Minerva uh, catch up Mm -hmm. because we saw her previous issues. She's doing all kinds of bad things, but this time Carol has uh, a little help to deal with all that so really really fun stuff and then crushing a little bit of crushing emotional uh impact by the end Mm -hmm. and then we'll see where it goes she's got uh she's got plans big plans big Big plans plans, as does the cast of carnage who are moving on up into carnage number 10 written by jerry conway art by mike perkins colors by andy troy as is basically the way in this book carnage we find our cast of characters uh underground or aboard a freighter. Basically, it's always some dark, mysterious, horrific place. Um, we they're down a they're down a, a woman. They've lost Claire Dixon, their FBI handler. But members of the Darkhold cult, uh, John Jameson, Eddie Brock, are still going after Carnage, who is trying to do a little voodoo to make himself more powerful than ever. He is turning other people into monsters, uh, specifically. He has turned Claire Dixon into a monster, a symbiote monster named Raze. And we get Raze battling Toxin as Eddie Brock gets unleashed once again. Carnage getting in there as well. Uh, the 
Man-Wolf is unleashed in this issue, which is always a good thing. We've got monsters fighting monsters and a surprise twist ending that leads to a surprising fate for one of the characters. But they're still going after Carnage. Always going after Carnage. Ben, if you had a symbiote, Mm. what would your uh, new name be? Oh, man. So it'd have to be something angry. Um, I think it would be frustration, but with a Y. Ooh, like 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 I like I am frustration yeah. with a Y in there somewhere. I don't know where the Y would go. Nice. Um, I am frustration. Hear my my annoyance at you. Pretty good. Pam. Nice. I would be Cletus. Like because so I think more of need to take it back. They need, yeah, they, we need to be like, hey, let's step back. Why can't we just have a regular name? Why is it Why is it got to be Venom and Carnage did, and Toxin? What, so and, you're taking Carnage's regular name? Oh wait! Oh, that's His name the, is Cletus. I was thinking Cletus the Slackjaw Yoko. No, I thought that'd be a great name. Cletus Cassidy is Carnage. Wow. Well, I guess well, that's, I'll take Gargamel. How about that? Gargamel's I'll be great. Gargamel. Gargamel's great. That's yeah. a great, uh, great symbiote. Name. Uh, send us your own symbiote names. Please Tweet us. use hashtag This Week in Marvel. All right. Big book up next, Civil War Two, number four. Mmm, daddy. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez and Justin Ponsor. This is the big aftermath book. So, issue number three. Spoiler alert, if you have not read number three, I'm going to give you a couple seconds. I'm going to say, go read it, go read it, go read it, go read it, go read it. Have you read it? Okay. Now, in issue number three, Hawkeye kills the Hulk. Sorry oh, man. if I spoiled it for you. Whoa. I gave you the I gave you warning. You could have oh, paused. I wasn't reading it. No. I wasn't reading it when you were saying to read it. Um so, uh Hulk's dead. Hawkeye's killed him. What happens next? Hawkeye has a trial. We see the outcome of that trial in this issue. We get to see uh She-Hulk wakes up mm-hmm. and things are different. Things, things are different. Things are different for her in a number of ways. Yeah. And uh, Carol is the one who has to sort of break the news to her. We'll see where that goes. There's going to be much more with She-Hulk to come. Thankfully, she's okay-ish. Uh, and then we've got a whole bunch of other things. There's a big... There's a talk. There's a, a really interesting thing where Tony Stark is like, I, I just want to talk to yeah, let's just everybody. talk this out. Let's figure this out. I have information. This is what's going on. And he makes a valid point... A, a few times where he says, I've been down this road before. I've, I, he addresses it to Steve Rogers, who's right there, and says, I fought you. It was terrible. It was a, There were bad outcomes for everyone. How do I avoid this? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also a moment, what if Ulysses' pro, like prophecies don't happen? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What is, how does that change anything? Does it change anything? Uh, and then finally, we're setting up for uh, the first big, true Throwdown. Yeah, this is going to be heroes punching heroes. It's what you asked for, people. Yeah, you. It's what you wanted. Everybody punching. It's what you demanded. Civil War Two: Choosing Sides, number three. Three big stories. First, we've got Kate Bishop, written by Ming Doyle, and beautiful art by Stephen Byrne. Um, The question is: When Hawkeye kills the Hulk, what happens to the other Hawkeye? We see Kate Bishop wandering around New York City, trying to. 
find her way and uh, she's just kind of some people are saying that she's a bad seed some people are saying that she's a great hero she meets some muggers uh, she deals with them as only Kate Bishop can we get some young Avengers action it's a really sweet little story uh, we get another story about J. Jonah Jameson written by Derek Landy art by Felipe Andrade it takes place at the Fact Channel basically Jameson coming down and saying like look we need to hold these heroes accountable for what they're doing. Typical Jameson stance, but it's a nice uh, crossover with Silk, who is a supporting character there, and basically explain his point of view, his J. Jonah Jameson point of view, and why it's necessary for someone to be playing his role. And then written and drawn by Declan Shalvey, we've got, of course, this continuing Nick Fury saga, where Nick is up in the Arctic now. Get this beautiful page of him just shooting a guy across an Arctic field. It's incredible. The colors are amazing. I'm Wait, just... yeah. Continue. Oh, yeah. Jordy Belair yeah, Jordy providing park. tremendous colors here. But the splash you're looking at mm-hmm. has this, like, just really cool little detail up on the top left yeah. corner of, like, the shooting star. Yeah. Did you see there was all this talk about a UFO last night on no. Twitter? A bunch of people I know were like, taking like seeing this thing break up in the sky and Whoa. like look like and everybody's like that's definitely a ufo so you're saying that declan shelby presaged this he yeah he, he uh he predicted it in the pages of this nick fury comic 100 percent incredible yes. declan shelby is some sort of warlock yes we knew that yeah uh all right drax number nine out this week written by sam punk and colin bunn art by scott hepburn colors by antonio fobela and we have a little baby dragon oh so it, cute the little baby dragon uh hatched out of this egg and has imprinted itself onto drax it is my favorite thing right now it is so cute there's a little dra- and kudos to scott hepburn he's drawing all these little like hearts floating around mm-hmm. it's so because that's cute. what you're feeling it's so cute i want to die uh okay it's, it's really really it's great j- that's how he gets sometimes josh you just got to ride this out ride yeah. this wave uh while that's being really cute aura one of the crewmates uh one of jack's crewmates and friends and he's going on this adventure with ha- is fighting killer thrill who is not dead, whose arm is now like this wood thing. It's really gross. Almost as gross as what Josh is doing right now with his nose full of snot and disgust. Uh, and there's this horrifying fight. They they put together a really brutal battle. Uh, <laughs> Josh is trying everything he can not to Kudos blow to snot him. all Kudos over the place. So good job. Good job. I was going to call you snot. Good oh, job. That might be your nickname. That might be the nickname. Oh, we'll see. That seems unfair. Yeah, it does. Uh, so we've got this really brutal, really great fight until Drax and the crew show up. Uh, someone may be abducted. We get to see Planet Terry have a little freak out. It's just one panel, mm, but it is worth it. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and then by the end, we get a really cool uh, surprise, which Scott Hepburn crushes it. Mm. This two-page thread is beautiful. And Antonio Fabella, because there's really great coloring here. But wow! How about that? Wow! Extraordinary X-Men number 12 is the conclusion to the Apocalypse Wars storyline. Written by Jeff Lemire, pencils by Umberto Ramos, inks by Victor Olazaba. 
Edgar Delgado and Dono Sanchez Almara on colors. We get the Horsemen against the X-Men in final battle. First of all, we get a little prologue with Magic being sidetracked on her way to the future and learning that someone may be a little more dangerous than she thinks. We have the outcome of what Nightcrawler did to Apocalypse. Last issue, we have Cerebra the Sentinel and Iceman battling Deadpool. We've got Jean Grey using unconventional methods to try to take down the old man Logan who's possessed by a symbiote. We've got Glob Herman trying to put his two cents in. We have got uh, Magic facing off against her brother so we get a good Magic versus Colossus fight. And really these are just fight, fight, fight and then trying to solve the problem of Apocalypse. Uh, the X-Men doing their best to try to got the best outcome here in a world where Apocalypse is pretty much already won and one of their friends has become one of the horsemen. Yeah. Uh, we've got a great handbook this week, guidebook uh, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Great cover uh, by Mike Del Mundo. Uh, and also tons of great facts. And I, one of the things I love about these is looking at the things in the films mm -hmm. and then where they've shown up in, in the, the comics. comics. Uh, the big surprise for me, uh, the broker, the character who um, is sort of uh, trying to get the Infinity Stone mm -hmm. um, and all kinds of stuff happens to him in the movie, but was from Forceworks. No kidding. Who knew a Forceworks character would make it into the MCU? Why is Century not on my screen yet? <laughs> uh, but we get all kinds of cool stuff and, you know, how these, uh, the characters in the film translate to the characters that we see in, uh, or have been translated from the comics and it's just awesome. I love these handbooks. Adnet and Lanning got a, got a character into the MCU. Good for you, boys. Yeah. 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 Haunted yeah. Mansion number five. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the conclusion of this limited series written by Joshua Williamson, art by Jorge Coelho, colors by Jean-Francois Bellieu. Uh, our buddy Danny is in the Haunted Mansion. He is trying to get out. What? Josh just touched the books and he's sick. He's covered in disgust and he just touched a comic that... I carried the stack here so it's... Oh, we're oh, all... No, we're, 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 just, we're, we're doomed. doomed. Alright, well, not doomed are the denizens of the Haunted Mansion because Danny manages to get them out of the mansion. Unfortunately, that also means the captain is free. So it's Danny against the captain. Uh, very overmatched given that he's a little kid fighting a giant supernatural pirate captain. Uh, that's a very unfair fight but someone a ringer comes in to make things a little more fair for danny and then another ringer from within the cast of haunted mansion helps out we get some closure for danny get some closure for the ghosts we get all of the ghosts off to their own thing they're all still around but the haunted mansion has been transformed it will never be the same again yes uh we've got howard the duck number nine <laughs> The penultimate issue uh, of this run, I think. I'm not sure. It's it's definitely getting towards the end, unfortunately. Yeah, it's maybe 11, might be. I don't know. Anyway, Howard the Duck number nine. This is the big one with special guest star Leia Thompson. Yep, and special thanks to Blake Garris on the credits page. What? Yeah, that's right. How did that happen? He helped them get in touch with Leia Thompson. Of course, so he did. To use to, so for her usage in this book. Amazing. I love yeah. it. Uh, this I had. I had luckily not been spoiled on what the story was here. Such a good story, and man. And it is incredible. Uh, written by Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Joe Canonas, inks by Joe Rivera, Paolo Rivera, Mark Deering, and Joe Canonas, colors by Joe Canonas and Jordan Gibson. It is a tour de force uh, from top to bottom. First, as Leia gets to Howard's office, uh, Aunt May's interactions with her, uh, 
Johnny Storm's interactions with Tara, with Leia. Oh my God, Johnny Storm is so friggin' funny in this issue. Johnny Storm that is, is amazing. amazing. He uses oh. the term negging, yeah. which if you don't know what that is, it is hilarious. It, made, it just laughed this whole time. Uh, I like Tara's new costume. Tara's new costume is great. She's got this super. She's got an unstable molecules costume, mm-hmm. so she's not running around naked. Yep. Uh, with like flesh clothing. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that term is great man um anyway if i weren't already gonna be so sick i would be sick right now yeah uh they established a store called super babies which oh is my god uh, so gross. a photo studio for babies to be put in the superhero what, what is what did she say about uh when she recognizes that the baby's dressed as professor x oh that it's not a um it, it's a funny joke I won't repeat it's, it's a very funny joke and um, yeah I, I, do, I, I picture Matt Hardy taking his kid to this yes <laughs> it's absolutely what he would yes, do yes broken Matt Hardy would certainly bring Maxwell Maxel 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 here King Maxel King Maxel mm-hmm. uh, wrestling fans listen to our show if you haven't watched the final deletion please do Pause the show. Go to YouTube. Watch the final deletion. Yeah, it is not hard to find. Tremendous. It's it's a tour de force. Yeah, uh, I like to point out the um, the clerk at Super Babies looks remarkably like a famed comic book writer, uh, which oh I, yeah, I had a bit that's pretty great. Uh, it was really great. Uh, and then things get even weirder as we see. Howard it's the like Duck. you already had a full Howard the Duck comic yeah. by the time you get to the actual crux of the Howard the Duck comic. Yep. And then we just flip the table and it gets super weird and the person behind or we believe is behind everything mm-hmm. uh, is revealed, which leads to so many great moments uh, that I do not want to spoil at all because I didn't have it spoiled for me and I had a, I had a blast reading mm-hmm. it. Uh, a character is introduced named Helix, which makes Tara go all swoony. And swoony. it's so much fun stuff happening in this issue. It is hilarious, it is great, and it is gorgeous as always. Um, and by the end, things get weird. Weird. Weirder. Howard the Duck, man. It's already pretty weird. Bone zone, bone zone. Here we go. Bone zone, bone zone. Jump on the train, train to the bone zone. That's where we're going with Hyperion number five. Under a bone zone-tastic cover by Elizabeth Twork, which I really enjoyed. This issue is written by Chuck Wendig. The art is by Ario and Indito. Uh, In the aftermath of his battle with the Circus of Freaks and Junior, Hyperion is having lunch with Dahl, and Dahl's saying, you know, you need to lighten up a little bit. I think you need to get some. She basically <laughs> says it straight out. She's yeah. very, she, she says. She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. She signs him up for speed dating. He goes to speed dating. It's a bit of a disaster, and he storms out, only to be taken in by Thundra, his ally in the Squadron Supreme. And if there's one thing you know about Thundra from her various appearances in the Marvel Universe, it's that she is always down to go to the Bone Zone with the right guy. Look, and Hyperion is so right. She's thinking, how do I make more mm-hmm. daughters that can carry That's on? That's her thing. That her is lineage her whole and her legacy. That is her whole raison d'être. Yes, her reason for being. Yeah. I don't think I pronounced that right, but Probably you get what not. you get. What I'm saying. We're so, not Spanish. We can't so, pronounce that word. <laughs> so they go directly to the bone zone. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred bones. And, I pre- I imagine their bone zoning would be 
destructive. Oh, certainly. And just amazing. I would have to think if you're in the neighborhood of where they're bone zoning, you are not getting any sleep. No. Uh, probably elements of your house have been destroyed. Yeah. It's, it's just not a good scene for anyone. It's going to be tremendous. Yeah. But then uh, they realize that there is still one member of the circus alive, so Hyperion needs to go back and get him. Uh, he brings Thundra with him. It, I mean, I guess it's a date. It's a post-Bone Zone date where they're just going after villains, and uh, Doll is in peril. And then who shows up on the last page but one of the Avengers? Yeah. Obviously, maybe wanting to get in on the action. Who knows? What a fun issue hope, of Hyperion. I hope not. Because isn't she? Why not? I don't know how old she is. Oh, no, not that action. Oh. Get in on the, uh, the Hyperion uh, Thunder action. Maybe well, without that would Thund- make for maybe without very Thundra. interesting next issue. Who knows? Maybe maybe that's what he's there for. Maybe that's what Hyperion's known for now. I love everyone's Chuck just Wendig. like yeah. Everyone. I think if anybody's gonna take it to take the Bone Zone to the next level, it could it's be him. be him. Yes. All right, we've got International Iron Man number five out this week. It's Tony finally getting to Cassandra and really uh, showing that he's Tony Stark. You're not. Who the hell are you? Nobody's Tony Stark but him. Mm-hmm. Y'all best recognize. Uh, it's a great issue. Gorgeous. Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Art by Alex Malev. And colors by Paul Mounts. Uh, it's a really cool flashback You know Bendis stuff. still insists it's, it's Malev. Even though he's told us it's Malev. Well, Brian will do I've, that. T- I've told Bendis. I'm like, you know it's really Malev. And he goes, no. I don't think so. <laughs> who do you believe? I, can't even, I don't even know who to believe. Who, who's working us is the question on that one. It's a good question. Uh, but it's really great. And it uh, we actually get a huge piece oh, of yeah. action by the end of this issue. Big revelations. revelations. Tears. Um, more questions. And big, 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 big stuff coming. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six number one kicks off a new adaptation of a new Ultimate Spider-Man story. It's adapting the episode Hydra Attacks, written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt, directed by Young King Yoon, and adapted by our boy Joe Caramagna. It, as you expect, has Spider-Man facing off against the Sinister Six. Yes. All right. Mighty Thor number nine out this week, written by Jason Aaron. Um, can we shout out a little early? Jason Aaron, Eisner Award winner. Eisner Award winner for best writer. Greatest writer in the history of the planet right now. Uh, so Jason Aaron wrote it. Artist, uh, art by Russell Dodderman. Colors by Matt Wilson. And uh, there's so much going on here. You've got, um, uh, what's her name? Agent... Uh, Solomon. Roz Sol- Solomon. Roz, yeah, thank you. Yep. Uh, Agent Solomon and Thor teaming up. And they're both a little suspicious of each other, which is terrific. Uh, they're looking for a secret uh, Roxxon base because Daryl Agar has been captured. He's being um, tortured by Obelite Midas. <laughs> mm, tortured. Uh, Obelite Midas and is delightful. Uh, we've got uh, just all kinds of crazy throwdown. Roxxon has all these contingency plans, which are terrifying. Uh, then we get a Thor versus Silver Samurai throwdown. We get Obelite being really, really scary. Uh, we've got uh, Earth people in Midgard uh, nosing good. around where they shouldn't be. Nope. Um, it's a recipe for disaster. So much disaster. All kinds of great stuff. And it is gorgeous, friggin' gorgeous. Yep. Russell Dodderman still killing it on that yes. book. Also killing it. One of my very favorite books, Mockingbird, oh, number five, so written by Chelsea Kane, guest art by Ibrahim Mustafa, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, this issue sees 
Mockingbird in the heart of the S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ that she, well, not the S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, the S.H.I.E.L.D. medical testing agency that she's been going to. We saw it back in the first issue. She's fighting off zombies who have been made from a virus that she is also infected with. She has to fight her way through the zombies to try to get the cure. Um, other things that people thought might work. This is my, one of my favorite pages. Mm. Um <laughs> Hydrogen-powered Zeppelins, the Apple Newton, subprime mortgages, Marxism. <laughs> this is just, what other book is like this? We get a cutaway map of the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. medical clinic, uh, including the gift store, if you ever wanted to go there. And there are two other characters, uh, super-powered characters, who, who Mockingbird gets to team up with. She gets to team up with Grumpy Howard the Duck and Chickenpox-ridden Miles Morales. So Miles Morales, you know, he's a young guy. Didn't have the chicken pox yet, apparently. So she, this is this is her backup team as she goes and tries to liberate this virus that's going to save everybody. She's got glow hand powers. This book is tremendous. It's so funny. It's so witty, and it's action packed. And it's got a great letters page name, Morse code, which I love. <laughs> this is one of those books that if you listen to us mm -hmm. and you are looking for recommendations, yeah, this is a top recommendation. I cannot stress more how much I wish you were reading Mockingbird. And five issues in, it's kind of done the it, it said it was going to be a puzzle box yeah. of a story. Mm -hmm. This is the puzzle box. It's the first five issues. So yeah. go out, get the first five issues of Mockingbird. It is so good. It's a true This Week in Marvel pick. Yeah. And I just read a thing uh, Chuck uh, Chelsea Kane, the writer. Mm -hmm. um, there was a thing about Chuck Palnock uh, and Portland, and just like his recommendations for the city. And it said, before you come, read uh, her series of novels. I don't remember what they're oh, called, cool. but they're they're really like cool about Portland. So cool Portland. Hey, Everyone in Portland's so hip. We've got beers and sunglasses. Yo, and Bendis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next book is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number nine, written by Brendan Montclair and Amy Reader, art by Natasha Bustos, and colored by Tamara Von Volen. And uh, this is super fun. Also, shout out to uh, Lunella Lafayette, who is now canonically the smartest person in the Marvel Universe. Really? Yeah. That's we've been saying that and gone public with it, and it was oh. all over the BuzzFeed and there stuff. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so shout out to her. Uh, this is great. There's a lot of fun stuff between uh, Moon Girl and Captain Cree or Kid Cree, depending on who Kid you Cree. ask. It's it, Kid Cree. Definitely Kid Cree. Yeah. Uh, Devil Dinosaur is now just like super like. I'm in on this. Mm -hmm. Let's have fun. I'm a dinosaur. Let's go do things and save people <laughs> without actually saying all that stuff. Uh, it's really, implied through his actions. Definitely. It's just super fun as Lunella, you know, dives back and forth between being a normal kid and being the superhero uh, and, like, watching her interactions with the other students. Uh, a lot of fun. It's cute. It's funny. It's great. Uh, someone asked me, what is a great book to recommend for a younger reader? Mm. Uh, I definitely put this up there, but I think everyone should be reading it because it's great. And by the end, we have an introduction, uh, an appearance by an Avenger. Yeah. Speaking of Avengers, here's one. Miss Marvel, number nine. Written by G. Willow Wilson. Art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Colors by Ian Herring. There's also a great little prologue that Adrian Alfano draws. Going back to Pakistan and exploring some of the history of Kamala Khan's family. Specifically the women in her family. Her mother. Her grandmother. How uh, they... How, how her mother came to America and the circumstances involving it. It's really good stuff. Um, just you know that good? alone. Coming to America. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Really that's, good. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yep. Uh, 
don't know what you're getting at. So Kamala's hooked up with uh, basically her own Kamala Corps of people that Carol Danvers has assigned to help her weed out people who are going against Ulysses' predictions. But now it's one of her friends. One of her friends is supposedly going to light the school on fire in a misguided attempt at uh, displaying his romantic affection for a girl who's broken up with him. Miss Marvel goes and has a talk with Captain Marvel, says, look, I don't think what we're doing is quite right. And Captain Marvel goes, well, I'm relying on you to make it right. We've got her friend imprisoned, her other friends coming to visit, uh, a revelation about one of the friends, which is pretty cool. And then Miss Marvel coming in and being told, you know, you're not looking out for us. You're not looking out for the good of the people. And one friend in particular pays a heavy price for Miss Marvel's actions and decisions. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, oh, is it me? It is. New Avengers. <laughs> uh, New Avengers number 14, written by Al Ewing, art by Paco Medina, Juan Velasco, and Jesus Abertov. And uh, this is... The new Revengers, Revengers, <sighs> Love makers, the Revengers. crew of No Goodniks have infiltrated, uh, you know, Bobby's AIM facility, uh, Roberto DeCosto's uh, AIM crew, and they are throwing down. Everybody's got a fight to fight, uh, except for the the crew. Uh, that's Cannonball, uh, Max Brashear, and Power Man, Man, who are going to rescue Songbird, uh, but the throwdowns. Uh, where at the AIM headquarters are incredible. There's really cool stuff. It is brutal. It is violent. And uh, it doesn't quite go the way you would expect. Uh, it's just cool to see all these crazy characters doing all this weird, wild stuff. Al is amazing. He comes up with some really, really fun things. Paco kills it with art. And then by the end of the issue, we have the uh, return, the introduction of a character into this book, who is one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Old Man Logan, number nine, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, color art by Marcelo Maiolo. It's the start of a new arc called The Last Rowan. It is, of course, set in Japan, where Logan has pursued Lady Deathstrike, uh, takes a shot at using his old patch persona, which actually doesn't work too well for him and is kind of funny, but leads to much violence, uh, much blood, much using of claws, and much body parts being rendered. Also in a flash forward to Old Man Logan's past. So is that a flashback or a flash forward? Yep. He's flashing back to forward in time where he has met a woman named Maureen. They're trying to settle down, but they're being chased by the villains. All the bad stuff that's going on with him is still pretty present. Uh, when we find Lady Deathstrike in the present, she is not doing so well. The Silent Order, a group of no-goodniks, become important in both both time periods. And uh, we're going to have to... It's, it's kind of a question, does... Have they somehow tracked Logan through time? What? Are they Jane here? Lots of questions to be answered. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Gwen, number 10 out this week, written by Eisner Award winner for Southern Bastards, Jason Latour. Uh, art by Robbie Rodriguez. Colors by Rico Renzi and Lauren Affe. And... Gwen ain't got no powers. No. Nope. She is... Uh, she's not Spider-Gwen so much as just Gwen. Yeah, she's... She's just... Gwen. <laughs> She's fighting the fights that she can with, uh, you know, sort of a makeshift. I don't. It's not like a potion. It's uh, an, an elixir. It's kind of. She's got <laughs> a, a concoction. To yeah, a concoction that okay. helps her get her powers for a limited time, but her uh, she's running out of it. So what happens after that? She has a great heart to heart with her dad. It's really cute, really sweet. Uh, but 
They are being tracked by Frank Castle and Craven. Yeah, what um, a team. Which I love uh, the design of Craven in this book. I love so all the redesigns in this book. Yeah. Uh, Craven's kind of got on like uh, long shorts and they're weird and they're ridiculous. He's got this cool haircut. Uh, but Frank Castle knows that Gwen is Spider Woman. And he is looking for proof. He's trying to get his proof. And he's going to all these terrible methods to try to get said proof, including using Craven, who we will learn has a big history with him. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's really great. It's really cool. There's awesome animals in this issue. Uh, May Parker shows up and she's awesome. Kicks with a, some butt. Yeah, she kicks some butt and she has a, um, a garden hose that she util- utilizes pretty great. Expertly. Yeah. Uh, also, I will say. Definitely read the handbook so page. So good. So I talked to Jason about this. I watched that interview, yeah. yes. We talked to Jason Latour about the handbook pages that are at the back of most issues of Spider-Gwen because I love them. They're great. And he one, he writes them all. Yep. Two, he puts little bits and pieces about the story uh, in the handbook pages. They inform both the history and potentially what's coming up mm-hmm. for these characters. So within the handbook page for Craven in this issue, you learn a ton more about his connection to Frank Castle and Craven's place in it's the story that they don't have room for. Now, how many more identity keeping it secret problems would Spider Gwen be having if she actually called herself Spider Gwen? <laughs> would that just just completely screw her? I pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Jason Latour met Jason Latour. Did the, the two Jason Latours met? I don't know if you guys met? can hear this, but uh, Josh, Josh fighting it, through the yeah, sickness yeah, to try it, to get us not this information. Face Josh said that Jason Latour, the writer, met Jason Latour, the uh, the video the videographer, editor, videographer on our team. So very excited. They had a moment. Yep. It was great. Jason's of two worlds. Um, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, number two, written by Chuck Wendig, writer of Hyperion, art by Luke Ross, colors by Frank Martin. Guys, it's an adaptation of Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Do you really need me to recap it for you? Uh, this is all the good Han Solo and Chewbacca stuff. This is all the good Finn and Ray stuff. If you've seen the movie, it's like the movie, but it's drawn and uh, colored like a comic because it's a comic. Back to you, Ryan. All right. Totally awesome Hulk number nine. Uh, so this is written by Greg Pak, art by the amazing Mike Del Mundo. Mm, so last two issues God, we had. God, seen Del Mundo. I know. Interiors, I missed them. Last two, I missed them. <laughs> last two issues we had the uh, art by Alan, Alan Davis, Davis, which was the uh, the last two issues with Bruce Banner. This is the aftermath of Banner's death uh, as, you know, uh, Amadeus is not in a good place. His head, he's mourning. He's grieving. His friend Understandable. was just killed. Mentor. Yeah, his friend, his mentor was just killed, and the rest of the world is happy about it. Yep. And he's super bummed, uh, and, you know, rightfully so. Carol rolls up to where he is. They've tracked him down, and it's kind of like, hey. <laughs> Kid gloves. Uh, we need you to not be crazy and mm-hmm. hulk out. How you doing? And <laughs> how, how are things? Yeah. And he's like, I'm 19 years old and I'm confused. This is freaking me out. But I'm okay. I just need time to mourn. I mm-hmm. need time to myself. And there's this great part where he's like, if I were to go crazy, what makes you think you could stop me? Yep. Carol is just really cool look. I like, I like the close-up faces uh, on him. So good. So good. Uh, then you best believe he hulks out. Mm-hmm. What happens next well, a little more surprising. Yeah. But the, Ooh, the last, that last page, page is like Mike Del Mundo 
just being a boss. Yep. He draws something that is so cool. I hope we get a toy of it I hope so. tomorrow. I hope so. I also hope we get more unbeatable Squirrel Girl, oh written by gosh. Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson. Uh, this is issue number 10, and it's all about Mole Man. Mole Man has really uh, come to play. He's really brought his best, uh, his A-game in terms of trying to woo and trying to seduce Squirrel Girl. He is sinking buildings and landmarks all over the place. The entire world is basically pissed off at Squirrel Girl being like, why won't you just go on a date with this guy? That's all he wants. Could he really be that bad? He doesn't seem like it. Squirrel Girl and Nancy are like, ew, he's totally that bad. He's the worst. So Nancy decides she is going to go down to Subterranea and she is going to get into it with Mole Man. Uh, Mole Man takes her as a threat. She has to run off. She uses she uses a hidden compartment of squirrels to make good on her getaway. Uh, so then we have Squirrel Girl going back to Subterranea and having an incredible conversation with Tricephalus. Tricephalus, who is essentially King Ghidorah. Okay. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Well, I mean, it's three-headed... Three-headed dragon, dragon creature... That- that flies, has wings, and has and complicated feelings for Mole Man. Yeah, and shoots fire. Uh, so Squirrel Girl fights Tricephalus, and this is the hardest thing: is that Squirrel Girl realized in order to get Mole Man off her back, she has to throw a fight. But she's the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, so this is quite a conundrum for her. This is the grossest thing I think I've seen depicted in comics in quite some time. There's and epic I read a lot. I read a lot of comics, yeah. uh, and nothing that gross has Do really you- happened. Do we think that that led to the bone zone? Oh, I don't even want... For the first time... Put it in your head. For the first time in a long time, I do not want to picture this going to the bone zone. Picture it. Let your mind wander into the bone zone. All right. On to Uncanny Avengers number 11. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Pepe Larraz. Colors by David Curiel. Uh, So, hey, spoiler alert. Vision at um, uh, Ultron. The other one. Hank Pym. Man, they're, they're not good. All the synthesoids just look alike to you, don't they? And you know, it's a problem. Wow. Uh, so that is discrimination Ultron, at the highest level. Ultron and Hank Pym have fused, and they're angry and murdery. And so the Avengers are fighting the fight that they need to fight as best they can. Uh, Vision is doing his best to keep them at bay. Uh, they enact a special uh, Project Icarus uh, that we see by the end of the issue. But uh, the rest of the team has to come together. And also, Ultron infects Deadpool with kind of a techno-organic virus. Yeah. Almost. Call, call a spade a spade. Yeah. Uh, so they have to try to get that out of uh, Deadpool, which leads to terrific lines. Uh, in here, <laughs> there's... Uh, it's a, uh, yeah, there's a line where Deadpool goes, Dear Avengers form, I didn't think it would happen to me, but which made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, mm. There's that. There's a really brutal moment with Horrible. Quicksilver. Yeah. And we don't even get to see how that plays out. No, he's, he's just th- tossed off to the side. Tossed to the side. Hank Ultron is the worst, man. He is a, he's he's like, he's the worst villain because he's very dangerous and he's very bad, but he's also just obnoxious and mean. Yeah. Really mean. He's got all the powers of Ultron and all the bitterness of Hank Pym. He should go make out with Henry Peter Gyrick. Oh, man. Now I'm picturing that. Yeah. Not good. Uh, 
Save Me, Venom Space Knight number 10, written by Robbie Thompson, art by Kim Jacinto and Ario Anandito, colors by Java Tartaglia and Andrew Crossley. Uh, Flash has been separated from the Venom symbiote. The Venom symbiote is now being made to fight in a gladiatorial arena. This is somehow supposed to cleanse him. Flash and his friends say that doesn't make any sense, Mm -hmm. rightfully so. So they try to bust Venom out of the arena. Venom's fighting all these cool monster creatures. And then one of the agents of the cosmos, one of the Clintar, tells Flash, here's what's wrong with Venom. You're missing a piece. And that missing piece also happens to have a devil's mark. And he realizes this is Mania, the sidekick he had in the old um, Rick Remender, Colin Bunn Venom series. She's still on Earth. That means he needs to go to Earth and take care of some business. Wrapping things up this week, we've got X-Men 92, number five, written by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, art by Corey Hampshire, colors by Matt Mila. Now, Ryan, Mm. I very recently read Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, which, of course, was the book that came out in the mid-90s after Cyclops and Phoenix got married. They were thrown into the future by Rachel Gray to raise their son, who would become Cable. Naturally. Of all the stories I expected to see adapted in X-Men 92 style, Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix was not one of them. No? But go ahead... Here it is, the adaptation of The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix. Uh, We've got Mr. Sinister. We've got Deadpool robots. We've got Marauders. We've got freaking Blacksmith. Yeah. We've got... How do you spell Blacksmith? B-L-A-Q-U-E-S-M... Is it a I-T- Y? I-T-H. Oh. They, only one. How do they not throw only, a Y? Yeah, they really should have. You get the, you get the You get the Essex men, uh, who are these hideous clones of Cyclops and Jean Grey. Uh, they have their powers in all different places. Like, Jean's got brain hands. Cyclops has got visor hands. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, look at virus, vi- visor hand Cyclops and how he fights. So good. Just brilliant. Um, good stuff with Rachel Grey, with Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister got a killer Mr. beard. Mr. Sinister an amazing He's got beard. that winter beard. Um, and they get dropped at the end. Like, this story is seemingly going to be continued with the... Yeah, exactly. Do a what, crazy... What? Crazy ass page. Um, and the, it, it's, it's, it's called... The whole issue is called X-Men 92 Presents The Adventures of Cyclops and Phoenix, The Last X-Men. Next issue is something back in the present, but I assume they're going to have to get back to the Cyclops and to. Phoenix stuff at some point. And you've also got a Coolometer on the letters oh, page. So this good. is from the old bullpen, and it tells you what was cool in 1992 and what was not. What made me sad is they said the coolest thing is Super Nintendo, which is fine, and then the uncoolest thing was Sega Genesis, which I totally had, so that was kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer to end the week. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. So I was I was taking stock as we went through this. Uh, Black Panther, very well crafted, well put together book. Mockingbird, always good. I'm going with Howard the Duck this week. I, Howard my, the Duck, my with eyes Leah went Thompson. Right to Howard, I was like, Whoa, so Howard's good, so good. On a huge week, an overstuffed week here on this week in Marvel. I'm going with Howard the Duck as my twin of the week. Old Man Logan is high up there for me this week. You're really getting up behind Old Man Logan. That's been your pick Dude, a bunch of that times. That is my jam. Yeah. Uh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girls, great. Obviously. Some Civil War Two gets a pass because it's Civil War Two and it's yep. friggin' incredible. It's, it's special. Yeah, Captain Marvel is right up there. <laughs> Where do I want to pick? Do you want to just become a monster? Oh, I'm a monster. <laughs> I can't pick one. Oh. 
Oh, give me Captain Marvel. All right, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Captain Marvel it is. Collections on sale this week. I love how we just say we do so much talking, so much build up, pick our things, and then just boom, right into the next thing. There's yeah. no time to waste. No time. Collections on sale. Guardians of the Galaxy Classic in the year 3000, Volume 1. In the year 3000. Do you think that's why they named it that? 100%. Whoever's naming our trades these days is doing a... Amazing. Yes. Amazing work. I love the names of our trades. Uh, Machine Man by Kirby and Ditko, the complete collection. I Boy, howdy. Yet. I need to get into that. Boy, freaking howdy. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, Volume 4, Gods and Women. Uncanny X-Men, Volume 6, Storyville. Weird World, Volume 1, Where Lost Things Go. Yeah, y'all better and buy that Weird World. X-23, the complete collection, Volume 1. Yeah, now that Sam Humphreys has retired from comics, yeah. this is going to be more valuable than ever. 100%. Yeah. Uh, all right, digital comics on sale this week. Uh Pretty much all the books we've talked about, plus Civil War Two, Ulysses Infinite Comic Number Three. I highly suggest you check this out. Al Ewing writing Karnak and Ulysses Karnak being just such a jerk mm. as he is. Mm. Uh, Ulysses trying to figure out what the hell's going on. There's all kinds of really cool Inhumans throughout it. Definitely check that out. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week: Amazing Spider-Man fifty-one through fifty-eight, Captain Universe X twenty-three number one. Exiles 1 through 6 from 2009, as well as the Exiles Annual. Uh, Exiles Days of Then and Now from 2008. Guardians of the Galaxy 30 through 39 from the original 1990. Well, not quite original. Original? Yeah, that's the first time they had a series. Yeah, 1990 series, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy Annual number 3. And then Machine Man 1 through 19 from 78. Digital collections on sale. Guardians of the Galaxy in the year 3000, Volume 1. Machine Man by... Machine Man by Kirby and Ditko, The Complete Collection, Spider-Man 2099, Volume 4, Gods and Women, Weird World Volume 1, Where Lost Things Go, X-23, The Complete Collection Volume 1, Amazing Spider-Man Volumes 5 through 9 of the J. Michael Straczynski run, Unintended Consequences, Happy Birthday, The Book of Ezekiel, Sins Past, and Skin Deep. That's right, if you want to read Sins Past again, it's back. You can't avoid it. It's canon. Yeah. That's the one where Norman Osborn and Gwen oh, Stacy right. so, do Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited <laughs> this week, we have all new, all different Avengers number four, all new Inhumans number three, Angela, Queen of Hell number four, <laughs> Astonishing Ant-Man number four, Carnage number four, Daredevil number three, Extraordinary X-Men number six. Ooh, Guidebook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Captain America, the first Avenger. Yep, it's available. Heroes for Hire. From 1997 issues 1, 7, 9 through 11, 15 through 16, as well as Heroes for Hire and Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 4, Kanan number 10, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Spider-Verse number 3, Marvel's Captain America Civil War Prelude number 4, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 3, Old Man Logan number 1, Spider-Woman number 3, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 4, Uncanny Inhumans number 4, Uncanny X-Men number 2, Venom Space Knight number 3, and X-Men Worst X-Men Ever number 3. So many comics all across the board. Let's go now to news. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's this week. 
All right, we're back. It's time for news. Of course, San Diego Comic-Con. You a bunch of news, so let's talk about it. First, for comics, we've got a new series that we alluded to earlier called Black Panther, World of Wakanda, written by ta Coates along with Roxanne Gay. There are a variety of artists and co-writers who are going to be joining them, basically just telling stories about Wakanda. It's going to be super cool. Um, can't wait to see it. Uh, three big Deadpool announcements. You have Deadpool Madcap is returning in the pages of the regular series. Uh, there's a backup story where Deadpool does Shakespeare, written by, I believe the guy's name is Ian Dote or something. Uh, it was Ian Dote or something. <laughs> old Ian Dote or something. Right in Deadpool is Shakespeare. It's called Merc with Menace. Uh, it should be really funny. He's also And also Cullen Bunn is doing a Deadpool Back in Black miniseries that picks up where Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars left off. Um, we've also got Enemy of the State 2 is going to be happening in All New Wolverine. We talked to Tom Taylor about that. Doctor Strange Punisher, that's a new Infinite comic coming out called Magic Bullets, written by John Barber. And Humans vs. X-Men is coming in 2017. Big event, written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule, with art by Linnea Liu. And cosplay covers are back and better than ever. Cosplay! That's my song. Over in games, uh, Marvel Tsum Tsum is coming to the United States. That's huge. Uh, Marvel Coming Ultimate, worldwide. Coming worldwide. worldwide. Uh, you know, U.S. And, and other countries. Um... I just, you know, USA, USA. Oh. And also big, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is back. It's available for PS1 and Xbox 4. Ultimate Alliance 1 Wait, and 2. Say that again? PS1 and Xbox 4? <laughs> Xbox 1 and PS4. Uh, we're going to be playing this soon, yeah. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They're available both now. Uh, The Xbox One version should be available today. today. Yeah, went today. Um, Wasp is available in Marvel Puzzle Quest. And just in time for Ryan's birthday, not at all, Gambit is available in Contest of Champions alongside Harry was desperately trying to get me to watch um, your comics piece theater so i could hear your gambit accent and i was like told i was like i've heard his gambit accent i've heard it many times yeah i don't need to hear it again it wins but I just awards did. yeah it's award winning yeah uh live events comic-con just happened that was a live event yeah it was pretty great um gosh all the coverage that we have is on marvel.com slash sdcc 2016 mm-hmm. check all that out we have Tons of photos on Marvel.com. Hundreds, hundreds mm-hmm. of photos. Uh, tons of videos. All Go kinds to our of YouTube stuff. channel as well. We've got plenty of videos there. There's a live episode of Marvel Thwip, or will be Thwip, the big Marvel show. No, yep. it's live. It's oh, it's up. live. It's up. It's up. Uh, we filmed that from uh, live from Comic Con. That's where you can hear my amazing Gabbit mm. uh, impersonation in in full that you just heard. Uh, yep, you got a little taste. You got a little taste. Lorraine Sink plays Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and, is an issue selected by me, I believe. Yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Glad it went well. That was really good. Uh, also, news that broke out of Hall H. I'm sure Strami will talk about it as well. But Guardians of the Galaxy are coming to Disney California Adventure. Uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout next year. 2017 It's coming so soon. It's coming so soon, and uh, this is basically taking over where uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror used to be. And my wife, fan of the show, not at all, doesn't listen to us, um, was horrified because she loves Tower of Terror. She was really upset. I showed her the concept art for the Guardians ride, and she's now super excited and on board for the Guardians ride. So hopefully that'll happen. 
Yeah, so uh, that's super exciting. Um, and man, so much came out of the movie and TV panels. Yeah. Um, all that stuff, super fun. Let's, you know what? Let's just go right over to Strami and the Wolfman uh, to hear more. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com Mayor Mark Strom, joined by Marvel.com Assistant Editor Patrick Cavanaugh. Another thrilling installment of the Strami and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Strami. We don't have anything to talk about this week, so nope, I'm just see gonna ya. end it. See ya. Bye. Oh, uh, wait, no, we had San Diego, and of course, out of San Diego, there was a crap ton of Whoa, hey. Crap ton. No, come on. Isn't this isn't this a PG podcast? Yeah, yeah, a, a crap ton. It's C R A A P T I N. So wouldn't that be a crop oh. with the two A's next to one another? Well, yeah, but in my Minnesota accent. Oh, okay, gotcha. It's a. Gotcha. Uh, so anyway, lots of lots of news. Uh, let's go through day by day because that's probably the only way I'm going to be able to remember things. On Thursday, we had the uh, Luke Cage panel. We debuted the first uh, teaser for Marvel's Luke Cage. is about 70 seconds. Really awesome sequence uh, to the score of the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, right? That was Wu-Tang. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know my hip-hop. You know your rapper man. Yes. I thought Run DMC was one guy last week. So. I mean, you're half exactly. right. Because it's just two guys? Like if Run DMC was eight people and you were like, oh, I thought it was just one person, that would be worse. But, I mean, it's it's just two. So, uh, so anyway, uh, go check that out uh, on Marvel.com, on YouTube, all the usual places. Um, out of that, we also released uh, a very brief teaser for Marvel's Iron Fist that you can also view, all the usual channels. Uh, Marvel.com, social channels, YouTube. Uh, and we also showed off a new poster for Marvel's Iron Fist that only people in attendance at the panel got. It showed off uh, how Danny's iconic uh, tattoo symbol thing. Is that a tattoo? That, that's like a tattoo in the comics, right? On his chest? Was that in the teaser at all? No, it was a poster we released. Right. the Just the logo. I don't think... Is it a... We should know if it's a tattoo or not. Well, I'm talking about in the comics. Right. It's a tattoo, right? I don't remember. No, I guess it's a brand because it's what he gets when he, like, hugs the dragon. Sure. All right. Anyway, that lo- you know what I'm talking about. The dragon tattoo symbol thingy. Uh, so, there was that. What else? What else? What else there's also some awesome joe quesada marvel luke K- marvel's luke cage poster that was available at the marvel booth not not really a um teaser at all but just a reminder about the defenders mm. right right there was a uh sort of a i don't know kind of like a sizzle i guess of, i, I of think sorts. it was more just like reminding people hey we're not we are not just doing these single character shows one after another like they are all going to come together yep they're all leading up to the defenders um 
so we released all that. All right, that was Thursday. Then on Friday, Friday we had the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, and that was the big one because we finally announced that Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes, is Spirit of Vengeance to the show. We announced that with a special video. Uh, we announced the casting, Gabriel Luna of um, Matador and True Detective. And Wicked City. And Wicked City. Uh, we'll be playing Robbie Reyes. Um, what else can we say about that? We released a new poster that was available at the Marvel booth. Um, Auditioned. Well, no, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. A new poster by Mike Perkins that showed off the cast, as well as a, a certain fiery skull. We released the uh, uh, auditions for Chloe Bennett and Brett Dalton together, their first time uh, screen testing together, and then the screen test for uh, Fitz and Simmons, Ian DeCastiker, and Elizabeth Henstridge. Um, we released a blooper reel. And oh, was that it for that? Oh, we unveiled Ghost Rider's car. Yeah. We unveiled Ghost Rider's car at the booth. It is a 69 Charger, I believe. 68 or 69 Charger. I think it's a 69. So you can check that out. Pictures of that are making the rounds. I um, got to see it drive away. Really? Yeah, which I thought was funny. Just because <laughs> you don't normally see a muscle car driving down the convention hallway. <laughs> and like, <laughs> what, when did I miss that? Uh, I don't know. You were fired up about something, angry about something, and stomping around uh, behind the scenes at that, our booth. That that doesn't sound like me at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, no. When like when they fired up the engine, because it was like a legit muscle car, like Fast and Furious type of huge. You, you know, you felt the rumble of the engine when they started it up. And granted, they drove maybe three miles per hour to get it out but it was still pretty cool to just see a and, and it just reminds you how enormous the space is of comic-con that well even a car can just drive around in there once people are are cleared out oh boy um all right so i think that was it for friday Saturday, first off at the Cup of Joe panel, we showed off the first trailer for Legion. Not first off. That was at the end of the Cup of Joe panel. Well, I mean, well, but, I mean, first thing that we did at that day was the... And that also was after Marvel Animation. So... Are, you already told me that we're not talking about Marvel Animation in this because you're talking about it after this. That doesn't mean you're not still wrong for saying first thing. But, yes. First to, thing I was concerned about. Fair enough. That is a valid point. So, yeah. Listen... I, I spoke with uh, uh, Harrison Wilcox and Carrie Rosenberg all about our animation announcements. I'll spare you from hearing them twice. So, yes, back to Cup of Joe. Back to Cup of Joe. We showed off the first trailer for Legion, which is coming to FX early next year. Starring Dan Stevens from Downtown Abbey and The Guest. Downton Abbey. Yeah, downtown. Down. downtown. That's just your Minnesotan accent. Oh, boy. Um... Yes, starring Dan Stevens and uh, Aubrey Plaza and uh, Gene Smart and a bunch of other great folks. Uh, trailer looks awesome. Eight episode first season coming early next year from executive producer Noah Hawley, who does uh, Fargo for FX. Um, it looks bananas. It really does. I have no idea what is happening in that trailer. And, I, you know, that can be frustrating, to just watch that and be like, what is this? What is happening? But uh, I feel like compared to 
uh, other superhero or you know comic book shows that we've seen, this looks completely different than anything we've seen before. Just bonkers. Yeah. Which and everything I've heard from the people here who have seen the pilot have said yes. The 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 trailer accurately captures how bonkers the pilot is. It, it reminds me of Ben Wheatley's film High Rise, starring Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I haven't seen In that, that yet. they just both are bananas. Yep. Um, so uh, we have that. And then, of course, there was the big Marvel Studios Hall H presentation in which nothing was announced. Just nope. kidding. We won. We, there was a lot. All right, so starting off, uh, uh, we confirmed a bunch of the cast, or not a bunch, but uh, three, three additional uh, cast members for Marvel's Black Panther, which is in theaters February 16th, 2018, which I can remember because that's my sister's birthday, so that would be bad if I forgot it. <laughs> Except you'll wake up and you'll be like, ah, oh, finally, Black Panther's out in theaters. I remembered that thing I was supposed to remember. And, and, then, then, like, and then like on the 17th, it's like, Mark. That's my impression of your sister. That's Mark. <laughs> it's not as bad as, as uh, uh, she, he, my sister's, she? my sister's uh, high school or college boyfriend called her up on the 17th to wish her a happy birthday. And she's like, it was, it was yesterday. And he goes, ah, oh, crap. I couldn't remember if it was two days before or after Valentine's Day. <laughs> and she's like, no, you missed that one too. Yeah, because either that way, was <laughs> you are somewhere between one and five days late. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, oh, Black anyway. Panther. Black Panther. Creed. Creed is going to be in it. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. He will be playing Eric Killmonger. Um, it's nice to finally see him in a superhero movie. That Michael B. Jordan. It's cool. I love, like, between him and Chris Evans, I love that those two actors finally found roles in superhero movies. <laughs> There is there is a there is a stunning interesting trend there. interesting trend of having great young actors take roles in Marvel superhero films. <laughs> yes, um, and find a modicum of success. Uh, uh, oh crap! All right, so what? So so from Black Panther we went to Thor Ragnarok, um, and we they showed off. Oh, you haven't seen this yet, have you? No, we got short. Yeah, we got to find some way to show this to you because you would love it, Patrick. It's So Taika Waititi, he directed a bunch of Fly of the Concords and What We Do in the Shadows. Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt, yep. Um, and Boy, the short. No, I don't know that one. That's what he was nominated for an Oscar for. Oh, really? Years ago. And uh, more possibly uh, more of a legacy than the short itself when they cut to him in the audience when they announced his short film he pretended that he was asleep <laughs> and so that was a, so and at the time he hadn't directed all of this stuff <laughs> so you can imagine that people were like who's this 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 jerk who's just sleeping through he's not you know Tina Fey or Amy Poehler during like the Golden Globes how they're always like goofing around and stuff but 
Uh, so Taika Waititi, so he, he comes from a comedic background, um, or at least the, the stuff he's directed so far has been more comedic. I haven't seen Hunt for the Wind- Wilder People. It is a comedy. All right. Um, so he basically did this like office-style mockumentary starring Thor, which is Chris Hemsworth in the Thor costume, but talking is Chris Hemsworth Australian accent. Um, basically saying, like, the reason why he wasn't in Civil War was because he wanted to just go to New Zealand and live with some, like, normal people. Like, he is, lives with this guy named, like, Daryl or Darren, who's just, like, the most generic white guy you can possibly imagine. Um, you know, like, works in this office, and but then he starts getting upset because... He feels like Tony and Steve aren't calling him, but they're calling Banner, who's hanging out with him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I hope I hope they get Sam Neill in Thor Ragnarok. That's really just a complete non sequitur other than Taika Waititi directed Hunt for the Wilder People, starring Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. And Sam Neill is great. I don't think Sam Neill was in Ragnarok. I don't I, I can cross my fingers and hold out hope. You already got Jeff Goldblum. How much more do you want? Sam Neill, because Ugh. Sam Neill was in Jurassic Park with Jeff Goldblum. It could be an unofficial Jurassic Park reunion. <laughs> anyway, they also showed off like a little in-production sizzle. They've only been in production for a few weeks on uh, Thor Ragnarok. But there's some awesome previs, some awesome concept art. You got to see Hulk in his gladiator costume, which we also showed off at the booth. Um... Got to see Hulk, first look at Kate Blanchett as Hela, looked awesome. Bit of Hulk just like racing and then like jumping into Surtur's face. And he Hulk was like one third the size of Surtur's face. It was huge, it was awesome. Who does Judge Dredd play in Thor? Uh, Scourge the Executioner. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, I don't think you've... I don't, I think you saw him in the footage. I don't remember really seeing him in any of the footage. Um, but it's great. It looks really Kirby-esque. All the concept art they showed was just like, bam, this is straight off Lee and Kirby's Thor. It looks awesome. Uh, what other movie did we have there? Spider-Man Homecoming. We brought some more of the cast, and we actually confirmed uh, much of the cast. We didn't give names to a lot of them. Um, well, it's a high school cast. What, it's, right? it's a mostly high school cast, but notably John Favreau and Michael Keaton are in the cast. I assume John Favreau plays Happy because that makes sense since Robert Downey Jr. is also in the movie. Um, and Michael Keaton then. Who's he playing? Peter Parker. Well, yeah, Michael Keaton's playing Peter Parker. Yeah, Michael Keaton's playing Peter Parker. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna open with Michael Keaton just sitting somewhere, sad thinking about his youth and then the rest of the movie is just a flashback <laughs> to it to tom holland not the director of fright night but tom holland the kid who plays spider-man um so yes so uh we did that we showed off a great sizzle which was very john Husey. it was all the high school stuff like you know 9 a.m home ec, 10 a.m web studies when you see like Peter, like, mixing his web fluid and testing on a new thing in, like, chemistry lab, like, on the side. Um, it was great. It was very fun to see, like, all the high schoolness of y'all. And, like, this is the – I think this is the first one really where, like, 
the past Spider-Man movies, yeah, where even when he's been set in high school, like his high school supporting cast has consisted of like Mary Jane or Gwen Stacy, maybe Harry Osborn. Flash Thompson in the very first Spider-Man was played by Joe Manganiello. Really? Manganiello, yeah. Really? Magic Mike. I don't remember that. So not but, actually Magic Mike. But 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 my point being that there wasn't a really fleshed out supporting cast in the high school surrounding Peter. This seems like it's very different in that way. The 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 supporting cast in high school is huge. There's a ton of team characters and well, even when was when was Amazing Spider-Man? Was that 2012 or 2011? 12. Either four to five years ago, whether it be four yeah. or five years ago or 14 years ago, uh, superhero comic book films needed to rely on an established name and established uh, uh, familiar actors and characters for to try and draw audiences in. But I think it's a testament to how successful Marvel Studios has been that Tom Holland isn't necessarily a household name. All of the, these other cast members, other than Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., and John Favreau, right. but the high school cast itself, you know, they can. It, it's a testament to how good these movies are. That I feel like uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming opening weekend will do at least thirty million, based solely on the Marvel Studios uh, uh, and Marvel character film. Track record. I, I, I don't know. I, I said it's going to make at least $31 million. Fair enough. Um, uh, oh, and we also released some concept art showing off uh, the villain of the film, The Vulture. So you can check all that out on Marvel.com and everywhere else. Um, oh, my God. We're running long because there's so much stuff to talk so about. So much stuff to talk about. Um, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, Volume 2. All right, so the cast came out. Uh, they did this great bit with the uh, Ravagers where the Ravagers were just being jerks to everyone on stage. Um, showed off a bunch of awesome footage, the sequence where uh, Yandu um, and Rocket have to escape a Ravager prison. And with the help of Baby Groot, and they go through and just massacre everyone. Our friend, Jimmy Urin, who recorded the theme songs for this. And we did a podcast with him. And we did a podcast with him that I accidentally oh. deleted. Um, anyway, you got to see him in it and his glorious death. Uh, spoiler alert. Yes, yeah, sorry, spoiler. Um, and we got to see the new logo. New logo. All, a bunch of this stuff got new logos. Um, and what there's also another sort of trailer slash sizzle for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 that revealed at the end that Kurt Russell is playing Ego, the living planet. Um, and Doctor Strange. We released a new trailer. New poster. New poster. You can check all that out. It's super awesome, super mind-bendy. Um movie comes out in like a little more than three months now <coughs> so not very much longer to wait um there's that oh and we announced breed larson oh oh by the way well there's a lot going on in my brain we announced Bree larson as captain marvel we brought her out on stage formally introduced everyone to her 
Um, Envy herself. Who? That's who she played in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, she's in there? Yeah, she was the lead singer of The Clash at Demon Head. She's Scott's ex-girlfriend. I don't remember this. Who's now dating Brendan, Brandon Routh in the movie. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, when it came out. Yeah, she, because, uh, you know, he was the third evil ex and the vegan one, so he had the vegan powers. Do you remember that? No. Why have you only seen this movie once? It's one of the best comic book movies ever made. Yeah, I saw it once in theaters. Fair enough. All right, well, yeah, Brie Larson from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Academy Award winning uh, for her performance in Room in the upcoming Kong Skull Island. Yes, which also looks up with Tom Hiddleston. A.K.A. Loki and and A.K.A. Nick Fury. And Sam Jackson, A.K.A. Nick Fury, so it's an unofficial, like, weird Avengers movie. Um, I wonder if at some point there's going to be... (laughs) If there's going to be like a moment where one of the where Kong kills somebody and they're like, we must avenge him, <laughs> and then Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston, and Nick Fury, Sam Jackson all look at each other, wink, <laughs> high five, <laughs> jump into the air, freeze frame, <laughs> movie's over. Um, I'm sure that I'm sure that will happen. What uh, is it? Further, faster, higher, more. That's the the Captain Marvel slogan. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, is that it? Are we done? Yeah, because what happened Sunday? Not much. Not much happened Sunday. Anyway, it's a very long con. Very exciting. Lots of great stuff coming off it. I'm tired. I'm so tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Okay, let's. Tired. All right, I think that's it. Let's uh, stay tuned. You'll hear more uh, from Wolfman as he talks with the fine folks over at Marvel Animation about all their announcements. And until then, uh, we wish you a splendor first weekend, a splendor first -er week. Thank you for listening. Uh, We'll chat with you again in seven more days. And as always, I apologize for the Wolfman. Hello out there this week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com. Assistant Editor Patrick Cavanaugh, and I'm joined by... Harrison Wilcox. As well as... Carrie Rosenberg. And we are here to talk about all things animation. I don't know if the microphone's picking up, but I'm punching with each word, so I can't tell if you hear the whiffs of my punches. Probably not. Uh, we are back from San Diego Comic-Con. You know, last year at Comic-Con, there wasn't a huge amount of news announced. Yeah. But this year, things are a little bit different. Lots of stuff. Um, Harrison, what what's a thing that you would like to remind listeners that we announced at Comic-Con? Uh, I think the biggest thing, in my mind, is the, the uh, fourth season of Marvel's Avengers, uh, titled Secret Wars. Secret Wars? Yeah. And so that'll be coming to Disney XD at some point in the future. I think after season three. You know what? That's a good place for it. If you ask me, that's a good time to air Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars is after Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution has run out of new episodes. That would make sense to me. But, you know, you have a a skewed perspective on things sometimes. They they don't let me make those sorts of decisions. And with 
this fourth season, I can only assume it's going to be the same exact roster of Avengers. One might think that. that I mean, you can only assume. Fourth season, just a continuation. Uh, yeah. Can you weigh but in you on that? Be, you would be dead wrong. Dead wrong? Yeah, this season, uh, in, the, uh, in the season opener, uh, something really bad happens to the Avengers. I'm not going to say what exactly, but uh, a new team, some from uh, that you'll see in Civil War, the Civil War arc of season three Avengers, uh, have to come come in, create their own team, and be the all new, all different Avengers uh, for a, a good chunk the first half of the season. So we'll see uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Ant Man, uh, Vision, and a new character to the show wasp very cool uh so that's gonna be yeah like we said coming to disney xd probably sometime next year probably 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 also you could be listening to this five years in the future it could be 2021 mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say probably already definitively, definitively it'll someday be on the air okay so even if people are listening to it in five years it's possible that it's still not released yet? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I don't want to back myself into a corner. Understandable. You got to leave those uh, leave those loopholes open. Uh, so yeah, that was some big Marvel's Avengers, the animated series news. Carrie, is there any news as far as Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy or just characters that you could find in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? I'm not sure what that question means. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Um, uh, uh, you were not at Comic-Con. It's okay, though. I, I'm, I've worked on Hulk where monsters dwell. Sure. Let's talk about that. Right? Let's talk about that. Okay. Hulk. Yes. Where monsters dwell. What yes. can you tell us about that? It is um, a 72-minute feature. In 72 the, minutes. 72 minutes. Oh. <laughs> I, I like that. That's they great. only 71, but we were like, you know what? We gotta give them that extra minute. We gotta slow those <laughs> credits down a little bit. I thought it was only gonna be like a forty-nine minute thing, but it didn't work. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> just because it just stopped forty-nine <laughs> minutes in, they're like, "There's so much story left." We just uh, so Hulk War Monsters Well. Yes. What's? It is a feature. Uh, one of our feature animated films based around Halloween, and Hulk is our main character. We've got some Howling Commandos. Howling um, and Commandos. Doctor Strange. Doctor. The yeah. Stephen Strange. Yes. Uh, I believe we're going to see him in a film entitled Marvel's Doctor Strange. Really? I think I've heard of it. Yeah. And that will be happening before Marvel's Doctor Strange comes out, which is November 4 or 3, yeah. whatever. It lot, doesn't matter. It's a lot of Doctor action. Strange coming our way. So yeah. uh, do we do we know when that's coming out? I Just think it's this October-ish yeah. time. Exactly. Do you have any other thoughts on Hulk or Monsters Dwell that you'd like to You'd really like to sell this um, feature length. Where do it's the a monsters little bit, dwell? Where is it? We have to watch to find out. But uh, it's a little darker than our normal. Really? Stuff. A little darker, a little more adult, I think, in the storytelling. So definitely not going to be like PG thirteen, but maybe like PG ten. Yeah. PG seven. Uh, well, yeah. PG ten. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not for seven year olds. Eight year olds, you'll totally be into it. Um, so I mean. Uh, Sounds like it'll be pretty spooky because it's monsters. We hope so. Dwellers, s- strange, howling commandos. October. Yes. That's great. Uh, speaking of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, 
Yes. Which I brought up a few minutes ago, and uh, Harrison just reminded me about. What's the news as far as Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, Guardians of the Galaxy, thanks to all our uh, fan support, is getting a second season. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of really cool, interesting stuff happening. We're going to open the season with the Guardians meeting the Avengers. The Avengers, the, the roster from Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution or from Marvel's Avengers Secret Wars? Uh, they're going to meet uh, a mix of both. Oh, really? Yeah, some of the old, some of the new. Really interesting combination. Cool. Uh, and my confusingly worded question from earlier about news in regards to characters yes. that are in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Is there a duo, perchance, that uh, is getting maybe some 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 uh, big big time airplay? Yeah, uh, Rocket and Groot are getting a series of shorts. Oh, like short pants? Yes. Like they're gonna put <laughs> exactly. Well, Rocket wears shorts normally, doesn't he? Uh, they're more like capris, but more like capris. <laughs> and Groot does not wear pants. Uh, no. Ooh, surprised you can get that past the censors. Yeah. So, I mean, Rocket wearing shorts, uh, so I guess that's new because you said he wears capris. Yeah, and 12 of them, and they're going to be 12 pairs of They're going to be on Disney XD, so keep an eye out for that. They're very, uh, very cool looking. They're very visually stunning. It's a new studio we've never worked with before. And it's well, you're trying to tell awesome. me it's not just going to be the uh, animation style that we're familiar with seeing in no. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy? There's going to be a brand new visual style by a new production company? Yeah, a new production company is doing something sort of in the vein of Scotty Young, and it's very, very cool. What? I mean, did you just get some regular, like, Joe Schmo production company to whip these things up? Yes, that's what we did. Oh, well, that's not as exciting as I thought it would be. Uh, but, uh, but speaking of uh, characters for the, uh, the main series, we also have uh, uh, Warlock appearing yeah? this season, which is uh, something we hinted at at the panel. And we have a very cool arc. Uh, featuring uh, symbiotes on Asgard. Whoa. Um, which is something that I don't think has ever been done before in publishing or anywhere else, but we're two alien see races. It's really interesting. We're going to see Venom-type symbiotes taking over Asgard, and the Guardians caught in the middle of it, and it's going to be a really exciting, fun arc. I think we should go back to the Rocket and Groot and how awesome Kevin Burke and Doc Wyatt's uh, pirate story is that we showed at the panel. Pirates. Yeah, we showed the pan the pirate and cowboy episode. Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, that's right, that's right. I was I was thinking of Rocket and Groot, and I was like, we didn't show Guardians Oh, sorry, they're, they're like... They were featured guests, in it. Rocket yeah, and guests. Groot and Cosmo, Howard the Duck, and Will Friedell doing the voice of Webbeard, sort of the Sea Lord. It's an homage to the character he plays, Star-Lord, on Guardians. So... Uh, for a quick recap of the panel, they showed half of an episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Yes. They, sh they showed half of it, and then at the end of the panel, they showed the other half of it. However, during the first half, I had absolutely no service or no reception, and I was in the panel. I was sitting I, next to you. I and know. I needed to live blog it, so that entire first section that they showed me... I was not at all paying attention because I was trying to get any sort yeah. of... Uh, however, the second half I did see, and it was 
super cool uh, yeah. the second half, and you guys are vouching for that first half, yes. so I'll take your word for it. Uh, it was, for, for the audience at home, it was Spider-Verse. Uh, the first half was Webbeard in, the, in Pirate World, cartoony Pirate World. The second half was uh, Old West World uh, with Doc Ock Holidays, the sheriff, and the Web Slinger as the Spider-Man of that world. Uh, special guest Phantom Rider, and that sort of tees up uh, the Return to Spider-Verse, which is our next major arc on Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Uh, and as was stated at the panel and in interviews about a year ago with promises made by myself and <laughs> Steve Wacker, Spider-Gwen will appear in Return to Spider-Verse. Great. Uh, and another thing that we should point out is Disney XD, in their app, they're continuing their uh, fantasy superhero event where every week you assemble your team of heroes and then uh, that Sunday you watch the animated shows to see who did what and you gain points and Spider-Man is going to have a, a very prominent role in that. That's yep. called Marvel Superhero Battle Royale, I believe. Yeah. Definitely Battle Royale, definitely Superhero but clearly names and remembering names of things is not any of our strong suit. But that'll be kicking off uh, starting in September. You'll be able to participate in that. But enough of San Diego Comic-Con. What do we got this week in a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution airing at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD? Carrie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have the second part of our Inhumans arc, which is uh, called the Inhuman Condition. And uh, it's basically the Avengers pairing up with uh, the Inhumans to take on Ultron, who's trying to destroy Earth, oh, as always. <laughs> Ultron. But it's a really nice story. Broken record, that guy. It's always trying to take over the Earth. It's a really nice story between uh, Hulk and Widow, and they're kind oh. of discovering what it's like to be a monster and what that really means. You don't have to be a monster inside, if, even if you look like it. The, on the you outside. mean the monstrous Black Widow? Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, we all know your hate for Black Widow. <laughs> Listen, it's just that red hair. Give her any other hair color and I'll be on board. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That was kind of a brunette in our show. So. I've never seen the show, so I was just making <laughs> that up. Uh, great. So, yeah. Uh, I think that just about does it. We've Patrick's been... never seen the show. He thinks it's actually a spider, that character. He's terrified. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, a spider with red hair. Um, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Hopefully that's a very thorough and complete recap of San Diego Comic-Con. Also, uh, I just want to say my favorite part about Comic-Con, I went backstage at the Marvel panel. Mark Strom was standing Ugh. in the booth, in the center of the back area of the booth. And yeah, out. so this is the Marvel booth, booth. on the floor, yes. the convention floor. So I, I walked in, and he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and he's directing people like uh, he's on a spaceship about to crash, crash into the sun. Very very similar to Chris Hemsworth in the opening of 2009's Star Trek. <laughs> basically that, but with a Hawaiian shirt and a Minnesotan accent. And what's funny is... Uh, his approach to this weekend. Normally he wears a white blazer, and this year he's like, ah, I'm going to get a bunch of Hawaiian shirts that are ugly, and it'll be funny. And then he showed up, and everyone was like, oh, that's so much more pleasant to look at than that <laughs> stupid white blazer you insist on wearing. And so his entire... He, he had bought this entire wardrobe from Nordstrom's Rack. Nordstrom's wow. Rack. He got the whole box. We saw 10,000 boxes stacked on his desk, and it just completely backfired. He, he's not someone who should wear white in general. He's a, he's a bit of a, a messy eater, I'll say. A, yeah, yeah, I can so vouch for that as well. This was a Hawaiian shirt, 
hides the stains. Uh, Smart on his part. So, on that note, Carrie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Harrison, thanks for joining us. Uh, and until next time, make sure to cartoon in this Sunday on Disney XD. Questions and comments. Questions and comments. Questions and comments from you. Alright, we're there it is. back. We're uh, so close to the end. So close. Before oh, we no. dive into this week in Marvel questions and comments, just uh, a note. Uh, we also had a cool section of booth at Comic-Con that was a place where fans could sign up for the Marvel MasterCard. They were actually able to sign up for the Marvel MasterCard. They got 10% off their purchases. They at, loved it. At the booth. Uh, they did love it. 100% success rating. I don't know about that. That seems like an impossibility for any business endeavor, but... 110. Great. Perfect. Uh, so they got 10% off that, uh, and then when they went out for dinner and all that stuff, they could get you know their 3% off. It's beautiful. Uh, it's beautiful. Restaurants and all that stuff, so super cool, and um, we expect that to just continue to blow up and be even cooler. One of the things that we did, which was really special... Uh, actually, and this reminds me of one piece of news I forgot to talk about, mm -hmm. was uh, we had a new panel at Comic-Con this year called the True Believers panel. Yes. It replaced our Marvel Unlimited Plus panel because it not only was Marvel Unlimited Plus, but it gave uh, entrance to the panel to members, uh, to people who hold the Marvel MasterCard. So that's an extra benefit. They got to come to this panel. There was tons of people there. Uh, they got... a boatload of free stuff posters and prints and comics and all that good stuff uh they got to see footage that maybe they missed throughout the show mm -hmm. they got to see exclusive information uh just for them so that was super cool uh and on top of that we revealed that the next marvel unlimited plus box will have a captain marvel figure it'll have a wakanda patch uh, and it will have a pin plus three variant comics. That's on the way. More details and more information uh, as we get closer to that releasing. But it's wild. It's wild. Crazy. Super cool. All this stuff happening. Yes. But if you want to get your Marvel MasterCard, maybe if you want to be uh, on the front lines and ready for New York Comic Con in October, mm -hmm. make sure you go to marvel.com/slash credit card or uh, marvelmastercard.com. There it is. The questions and comments you guys sent us, of course, you can do this using Twitter, using the hashtag This Week in Marvel, or you can email us, twinpodcast at marvel.com. We start out with Chris Alexander, who says, Picked up Spider-Man number six, based on Agent M and Ben J. Morse's review on This Week in Marvel. Brian Michael Bendis is a brilliant storyteller. Hashtag amazing. Hell yeah. Thank you, Chris. That's exactly what we want to see. David Mello. Doors open for this week in Marvel podcast at Morgan Auditorium at 11th and J. Who knows who will show up? Uh, we had Jesse Falcon. Yeah, show. and he was a pretty good guest, as I understood. He was great. When um, we played games, every we got T-shirts for everybody who showed up. It was really, really fun. Um, that episode should go up soon. Hopefully, once we get it back from San Diego. Hooray! So it's on the way. It's in transit as we speak. Great. Uh, Don DJ Fanko says, Marvel intern Josh had a fantastic sneakers reference. Great job, son. Ooh, like uh, like Jordans or like uh, you know. Is sketchers? it the movie sneakers? Wait, I don't know. I don't know what they're referring to. Well, you oh. unintentionally did something good. Let yeah. me know on and have, Twitter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hit Josh up on his Twitter. And also, is this your dad? 
<laughs> yeah, great job, son. Yeah. The cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. A little boy. Oh, okay. Yep. Haywood, <laughs> uh, HWView, says, Last week his pick was New Avengers 13. The team of Al Ewing and Paco Medina is perfect and so much going on. And then another pick of his was all-new Wolverine 10. So many wolves in there that you could shake a stick so at. So many. Uh, I interviewed Tom Taylor. I watched Writer it. of yep. all-new Wolverine. We talked about Jonathan. Yep. The Wolverine. Uh, I was Good very interview. excited. I did a really great Australian impression. Was very that good. That he was very impressed by. Yeah. It seemed like he was almost questioning his own Australian right? accent. Like he was like, like, he's like, ooh, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I put another shrimp on the barbie. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. One of those. Uh, and then Haywood says, the news from Comic-Con that I am pumped for is Netflix, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and The Defenders. The Defenders. Yeah. Hero for Hire. That's the theme song. It's pretty uh, good. A little uh, sneak peek for you it's guys. pretty good. Uh, Gerald Zod says, uh, this weekend Marvel has been a Amazing so far. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders plus Daredevil the season defenders. three reveal. Uh, beautiful Joe Casada. I I don't know that we did that. No, it's but been great. This week in Marvel with all of our shows that we produce on Netflix, you know, has been, has been great. I will take. I've it, gotta Gerald. go. I've got. I've after this gotta go back and write another Defenders episode. <laughs> That's what I'll be doing this I afternoon. Hope Cloud's in that one. Cloud is in all of them. Oh, Cloud is She's, best. Do you think if there's a cloud in the Defenders series, <laughs> we, we can, can just say, that. say that cloud's cloud, in there? Cloud. Oh my god, cloud just floated oh, by. Great. Oh. Uh, Kyle Charles, Johnny Temple says, Civil War 2 issue 3 had me like, whoa! He says, I feel sorry for Sabretooth in Civil War 2 X-Men. Poor guy. Never feel sorry for Sabretooth. Yeah, he's, he's a horrific monster. I don't, care if, I don't care if he's a good guy now. Mm-hmm. I don't forgive him. Kyle says, I liked how Star-Lord channeled his inner Daniel Bryan mm. in Guardians of the Galaxy issue 10. That's a good point. We forgot to mention it last week. I, seriously. There was so much wrestling in last week's comics. No, but there was a lot of it was in Bendis books. Like, is Bendis just a closet wrestling fan and he There's refuses no to tell us? There's no That's way. what we said last time, but this is another Bendis book, another wrestling reference. <sighs> It's fascinating. He just he knows he knows his culture. Yeah. Um, Joshua Cooper, Twim of the Week, Luke Cage's tender but tough T-shirt. <laughs> yes. Twim points for you, sir. Uh, Twim of the Week again. All New Wolverine number ten. The kind of thing an interdimensional dystopian future grandpa might be proud of. Uh, so note that two picks so far for All New Wolverine ten. Mm. Y'all better read that book. Obviously, it was very good. It's great. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Raph AB, why I love Twitter to sing on the old Captain America theme song, hashtag Horizon Labs. Uh, basically, a bunch of Horizon Labbers started just doing the lyrics to the old Captain America theme song. It's pretty cool. Very cute. Pretty cool. Yeah. Just discovered about the Marvel Insider program, another program I can't join because I don't live in the U.S. Yeah, it, it, Sorry, it's not Raph. an intentional like we're gonna keep this away from other people. Or we hate other countries. Uh, it's just there's a lot of legal things, and hopefully it opens up to all residents in other countries sooner. Fingers crossed. Yes. Ref Gemlin tried listening to this week in Marvel 245. More mic breathing, which made it uncomfortable to listen to. I gave up. Sorry, Poor Rob. Josh. We've taken the microphone away from Josh. We've taken the microphone away from him, and he's just sitting over there trying to make it through the rest of this show without blowing his own nose off. There's a person behind that breath, though, so just remember that. Yeah, come on. 
what can you tell us about the Marvel Insider program? I've just seen as I've gone to log in to redeem my comics. Uh, so with the Marvel Insider program, you get all kinds of points for just doing normal things. So watch an episode of Marvel of Thwip, the big Marvel show, you get points. Uh, listen, download an episode of This Week in Marvel, you get points. Read a news article, you get points. Follow Marvel on social media, you get points. Retweet Marvel, you get points. All the things that you're going to do anyway, you get, get points. points. But great. the question is, what do you do with those points? You redeem the points for things, whether they be like wallpapers for your computer or your phone, or um, digital comics codes, or physical things, or experiences. Mm -hmm. There's a whole load and list of things that you can redeem your points. And some of them, believe me, they take, they're going to be a lot of points to get them, but they're achievable. They're things that you can totally do. Um, just by doing the things. There's a full list of all the ways you can get points as well as the things you can redeem points at marvel.com slash insider. Well right. said. Well put. Well yes. done. It's like I've been trained to talk about these things. Uh, Roxana Surushin says, Live Alien Racer Cheese begs the hashtag Cree or Brie. Ooh. You know, it's interesting. Tell me. Brie Larson Yes. Now playing Captain Marvel. Ooh. Already, first name is a cheese. Now becoming part Cree, she is both alien race and cheese. Right? Had to think about that one for a little bit. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, for those of you who have no idea what that means, Alien Racer Cheese is one of the games we play with the Infinity Wheel. It'll be part of the live episode of This Week in Marvel. We did a Comic-Con, and I will tell you, the fans there loved it. Yep. I hope it translates well to the audio because it was a hoot. We had a blast. It will return at New York Comic Con 2016. Yes. yes. Simon Williams, Simon Sebs, Tome of the Week for 713, Power Man and Iron Fist number six. Whatever Marvel is paying David Walker, it needs to be doubled. I agree. Let's pay him more. Yeah. Uh, Tome of the Week for 720, Hellcat number eight. It really showed how important She-Hulk is to everyone in the book. Any idea what Jen and Patsy called their version of the Fastball special in Hellcat number eight? I think they just called it Fastball special. Oh, they, they named they it. Else. They did name it. Uh, I forget what it was. It's it's in whatever the last issue was. The issue that came out last right. week. They, at least she says, she says something about it. A-Force number seven. They basically won through the power of love and friendship. I wish more superhero fights ended like that. Totally. It's, it's like a Care Bears episode. Uh, Care Bears. <laughs> who doesn't? Care Bears or Care Bear Cousins? Oh, I like the Care Bear Cousins right? a lot. Yeah. They're, they're just, just so interesting. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. I know. There's a lion. Josh is confused. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. The Luke Cage trailer was awesome. September can't get here fast enough. Well, it's going to get here the speed it gets here. September 30th, That's only on Netflix. That's I can't wait for it to get here because that means the weather will be cooler, too. Uh, yeah, you won't have to Die. suffer as you're walking into be the angry. office anymore. Um, what do you feel the biggest piece of Marvel news coming out of San Diego this wow. scene was? Wow. Um, I don't... I mean, just because it finished the Hall H panel and everyone was wondering when it was going to happen, the Brie Larson news is pretty big to me. That's pretty big. It's pretty huge. Yeah. Speaking of huge, Ego the Living Planet. <laughs> it's just Ego. Josh, oh, it's tr ego? Josh trying for a segue there. Yeah. Well, it's Ego. 
How that plays out into the film, mm. we'll see. We'll see. But he is ego. Is it just? He is, is ego. There a character just named ego. He is ego. Got it. <laughs> Look at this kid. Try it. Ah, this like, freaking kid. Trying to dig up dirt. All right. World of Wakanda sounds really interesting. Still, it seems strange. Marvel has been around for seventy-five years, and they're just now hiring their first black woman writer. There has to have been plenty of good writers before then. All I can say is I'm glad we are doing it now. Yeah. Um, more, I'm, I'm sure, more to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. yes. All right. On to emails. Glenn Ewing says, hey, guys, loving the pod, as always, I felt I had to drop you a note about something that recently happened to me. I had assumed that a Ms. Marvel book would not be, quote, unquote, my, my thing. thing, that it would be more focused on a younger audience than someone of my 48 years. However, Marvel had the Marvel Now issues up for sale on digital over the last weekend, and I bought the first six Mar Ms. Marvel along with several others. I sat down and read them last night. For the first time I can remember, I belly laughed out loud several times. What a book! I quickly bought the next two, and today I bought number nine, and I've subscribed. What a fantastic surprise this has been. The writing, the art, the colors, just wow. The writing is smart, witty, and very well thought out. G. Willow Wilson is fantastic. There's so much hidden in the art on every page, and the colors are amazing. Just look at the last panel on page number six of issue number six. Stunning. It's got great examples of all three. He says, I'm officially a huge Ms. Marvel fan. I want to see her team up with everyone right now. To any of your older listeners who, like himself, may have been hesitant to try Ms. Marvel, try it. It's really strong. I'll be looking for anything Marvel from G. Willow Wilson, Nico Leone, and Ian Herring. Let me know if you have recommendations. Thanks for keeping us informed as always, Glenn Ewing and Burbank. No love glove. This is his P.S. No love glove, not my thwip. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't bring the love glove to San Diego because... It's so precious. Yeah. I didn't want the chance of it being lost. So it sits here. Yeah. It'll it'll return to What three. a great email though from uh from Glenn Ewing. Yeah. That that's that just makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, so it goes back to the the, the point I was trying to ask about is like we want to hear what you guys are trying based on what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I mean we want you guys trying everything. Yeah, and, and we I know want, it's tough. We want editors to buy us lunch. That was yeah, the other we point. Need you lunch. Made. That was the other point. Um but it's I know it's tough. You can't read everything. The sales are really great. If you can pick up some books on sale, please do. Also, Marvel Unlimited. We I know we talk about it all the time, but it's really every, just about way. every book we're going to talk about on this show will, will be on Marvel Unlimited. Hundred percent. And then when you check it out, we want to know what you guys think because those books are going to come and you're going to be like, whoa, oh, oh whoa, dude. Uh, other things that we're doing right now is like the True Believers mm -hmm. books. Re, they're reprinting a uh, couple of issues for a very affordable Low price. price. And that's a great way to dive into books. But um, it's an interesting point from Glenn. He says that he didn't think Ms. Marvel was going to be up his alley because yeah. he didn't think it was aimed at him. He's an older dude. Yeah. That's what he said. And that's that. I guess that's a fair point. I never thought of it that way. Um, I just, to me, it's like if a comic's good, it's a comic that's good. Yeah. You know, like... I can see his point. I can sure. see if you're from a certain generation of readers and you're, you know, you see this new comic that is packaged differently and everything like else, you might be a little skeptical, but I'm glad he uh, went against his instinct and tried it. Good for you, Glenn. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for that email, Glenn. Really appreciate it. And please um, let us know what you guys are checking out based on recommendations and what you want recommendations for. So, uh, to Glenn's question, he wants recommendations. Uh, we had Mystic 
on the show. Mm. We did a twin URC of Mystic well back, way back when, yep. uh, which is a book that G. Willow Wilson wrote and David Lopez drew. And Beautiful. it is one of my favorite things we've put out, Ever. period. It's good. Um, it's it's good great. Stuff. And it is, you know, definitely indicative of how amazing G. Willow Wilson is writing younger characters, but making them appeal to everyone. Yeah, so give that a shot. Go yeah. in. Let us know what you think. Uh, we have another email from Rafael Abacera. Hello, guys. I love following the live streams during San Diego Comic-Con and New York Comic-Con, but I don't always have the possibilities to access YouTube. So here's a suggestion. How about broadcasting only the sound of the live stream via an app, allowing people to follow the stream from their phone? I remember that at some point there was a Marvel Events app. I remember that. Uh, thanks for taking the time of reading me. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I thought about how we reproduce some of the audio. Mm. Um I just don't, there's no simple way to put out 35 plus hours of audio. Yeah. Even more than that, if you include the panels that we put on the stream. Um, an app, I, I would not, I'm not going to say never say never, but I don't know how likely that is. But if we hear of enough people who want it, we'll you do never anything. know. Uh, on the flip side, everything is still on YouTube. Just because it's not live, it's still archived up there. And we'll be releasing a lot of the, the various interviews as clips so you can dive a little bit deeper. But if you like, you want to see Frank Thierry freak out at the end of Who convention, uh, that's up there. If you want to see Chadwick Boseman chat with us, if you want to see you know, a number of you know, fun interviews and various pieces from the live show, it's all up on the Marvel YouTube. So you can still catch it. Um, and then, you know... I'm sure you could just listen to the audio from the YouTube, right? Yeah, that's the thing you can do. Just yeah. close your eyes. Yeah. Just close your eyes. Close your eyes. That's not it. That's not it. All right, guys. This mm. uh, podcast has run way too long, but we got through it. We thank our intern, Josh. Uh, we curse him for getting us sick, but we thank him for his help. Uh, Ryan, you did a great job as always. I know. Thank and you. we just are we were phenomenal. Yeah. Now we can get lunch. I hope so. This is Marvel. Your universe. Uh,